That was uh, Reza Aslan, uh, author. Uh, his book, God, A Human History. Fascinating guy, very bright, uh, tremendous amount of research. And Phil, I was reading his background. He was at the University of Iowa writing workshop where he got a master's degree, and uh, he was um, uh, uh, awarded, uh, I think, the Truman Award there uh, for his writing skills. And then he also has a, a degree, I think, from Harvard Divinity School and a PhD uh, from somewhere else. I mean, so he's very scholarly, but, uh, you know, he, he, uh, his books are well-written. Uh, it's a wonderful narrative, easy to read, but very thought-provoking. Yeah, well, that explains that he's uh, had uh, that he was in the Iowa Writers Program, which is probably one of the best in the country, if not the best, um, and is a scholar of religion, explains why he writes uh, readable books. Um, and um, why he teaches a creative writing. Uh, that, that came as a surprise to me because I know on, of him only as a, a scholar of religion. But yes, a very interesting life, and it's very interesting that he uh, combines his scholarly work with his own sort of um, uh, spiritual memoir kind of uh, writing as right. well. I wanted to ask you what you thought. I mean... His spiritual journey is an interesting one. He went from, uh, from, from uh, his parents were Muslim, and then they became uh, uh, Christians, evangelical Christians. Then he became... Uh, no, they didn't. He did. He did. Okay, and then he, be he went back to Islam. Then he be got, became a Sufi, I believe. And it seems mm. to me that he's gone from what we mostly grow up in in religion in the West to mysticism where it becomes, you know, more about that non-conceptual prayer that what, what Thomas Merton, what mystics talk about, what mm -hmm. Buddhists, what, what Hindu mystics talk about, that more abstract understanding of the uh, ultimate reality. Was and that, not only, yeah. but, but, but it's not just an understanding. I think the impulse is that uh, to go from understanding to experience, and, and that seems to have marked his evolution as right. well. Right. Uh, and uh, uh, I still can't my, get my head around the concept of death and how uh, the, the drop merges <laughs> well, with the ocean and how that is not different than complete obliteration. And I'm sure there's people out there listening to this podcast that are thinking, oh, Dennis, no, that's an easy one to, uh, to describe and understand. If so, please write me and uh, Dennis Mundy at Gmail and uh, well, let me know. Thing. Explain that to me. This is this is why I lean toward reincarnation, because, uh, you know, people read about, usually in the context of Hinduism, the, this notion of getting off the karmic uh, wheel and uh, merging with the divine and becoming one. And um, that's a hard one for people to imagine because they don't want to give up the individuality. Now, two things to be said about that. One, there are schools within Hinduism, within the schools that you know believe we come back over and over again to learn our spiritual lessons and eventually become one with the, the divine, that say you retain some individuality even after liberation and enlightenment right, right. so that makes it even more mysterious right. that you can you know within that tradition right. there's even disagreement well, well the, but yeah, but how, the other piece go ahead. go ahead the the other piece of that is 
I think the notion with reincarnation that you eventually uh, come, don't come back and that you merge with the divine and the, the absolute, that's only when you've lived all your lessons and you've learned all you can and you've done with it. It's like not wanting to go back to high school right, right. after but, you but, graduate. No, but so for us, it's hard to imagine. No, but, 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 for, but, no, no, but let's say one's learned all one's lessons and gone through that. Uh, what is the difference between merging with that cosmic ocean, with the absolute, and uh, going unconscious or just be, being because, obliterated? Because at that point in the it, are you omnipresent? evolution, in that point in that person's evolution, their individuality is meaningless. They they, no, see, know, they know I, themselves, but, but they hmm? still people still enjoy experience as opposed to non-experience. Yeah, why do people? But they're prefer they're to done with a, it. Why does a, a tired? I just see. I don't I don't understand that because why does a tired person choose sleep? It's not because <laughs> they want to give up experience. It's because they've got, they've done everything they can for the day. Let's rest. But only uh, knowing and thinking they're going to awake the next day. So it's uh, yeah. I, we I think it's hard for us to imagine in this state of consciousness. I think, but I, in I think, an yeah, in, in a more enlightened state of consciousness, when you're done with it all, I think you know you. There's no change. There's no transition. It's just send me an more email of what when, there you, is. when you get there and tell me, please. And uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I I may not. <laughs> anyway, but fascinating, and this is what I like yeah. about it. Obviously, it's provoked a lot of. Uh, thinking uh, between us, and he, he is controversial. I mean, he wrote a book about, uh, about Jesus Christ, which I read called Zealot. It was, it was a uh, New York Times bestseller. Very respectful. It's not anything. But he looked at uh, Christ from a historical perspective as a person in history, but not letting you decide whether there was divinity there or, or what level to take him. And uh, uh, now... As, as one of the reviews said, he's gone from a big subject, Jesus Christ, to an even bigger su uh, subject, God right. the Father. You know, the ultimate or whatever we... Well, actually, he's, he's a pantheist, so he wouldn't think of God the Father, but uh, the ultimate reality. So he's, he's taking on big issues, which I think is great because the more localized issues of today, like politics, are, uh, de more, are more depressing than ever. So why not take on the big issues and, and big ideas? Yeah. Uh, It'll be interesting to see um, the reaction of his book uh, in the press and uh, on the talk shows and that sort of thing. I know he's he's been controversial in the past and has pushed certain buttons, and I, I applaud him for it because um, he was, for example, one of the first people to speak out about Islamophobia after 9-11. And... Um, you know he's he's gone at it with a lot of people, right. um, given his platform, um, and whether you agree with him or not, he's raising issues that need to be discussed. Right. Uh, one one here's an interesting question for you, Phil. You're writing a biography of uh, Paramahansa Yogananda. What do you think Yogananda might have thought of his book? You know, not not the whole thing, but uh, <laughs> an aspect or aspects of it. Uh, well, I think, you know, it's interesting because he, here was Yogananda's like, like all the other uh, gurus we're familiar with who came from that uh, tradition of uh, Vedanta where uh, you can perceive of the uh, divine as formless and beyond attributes mm -hmm. or as uh, in form, 
in any number of forms uh, if that aids your conceptual apparatus and your your spiritual needs. Um, and Yogananda was one of them. He would refer to God as he and sometimes as she. Mm-hmm. And he would, you know, do prayers as sounding almost like a Christian preacher. But he also understood this notion of the formless absolute that right. we, that is the ultimate self. So even he he, depending on the circumstance, would speak in either way, probably depending on uh, the, the the subject matter at hand or the people he was speaking to. Um, and I think that's one of the attributes of uh, that school of Hinduism that we call right. Vedanta, that yeah. it can be understood, the divine can be understood either way. Yeah. Ramakrishna, it said, used to, when people came to him, he would be- begin by saying, do you want to talk about God with form or God without form? Right, right. Well, you know, you know in uh, Mar- Maharishi Sci- Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, Science of Being and Art of Living, that book, which I read long ago, I actually read it a, a few times, uh, he, there's a section where he talks about uh, personal and impersonal God. So personal right, God right. being that form. And there was a need for that. I, th- I believe he said that if one wants to have devotion, if one wants to have bhakti right. uh, focus, one needs a form to, to focus upon. And there was a celestial yeah. realm uh, where God or gods existed. And, and, but there was also uh, beneath or below or encompassing all of that. Ulti- the ultimate reality was this non-changing, formless. Uh, so, so both were there. So it's something yeah, for that's, everyone. That's sort of built into the, right. into the Vedic tradition where, you know, people look, people have often mis, misunderstood uh, the religion of India as um, the main religion of India as, as polytheistic because of all the personifications of the divine. But, you know, it's, it's well understood even by ordinary people that they're all just, uh, images that we give to the divine which has an infinite possible number of images but there's only one uh, eternal un, unexpressed un, unexpressible inexpressible ineffable being right well uh food for thought for sure uh, the book yeah god a human history it's out on the it's it's, it's on amazon and uh in your bookstores everywhere uh, if bookstores yeah. still exist, they do. They do, and cool. Random House will want you to go buy it. Great. All right. <laughs> Till next time, Phil. Okay. Good one. Bye.